Hi again, I'm Melanie Hirshhorn, the digital content creator and marketing strategist and coach for women business owners. And welcome back to another episode of VIP Access. VIP stands for Visibility, Impact, Profit. And this podcast will get you inspired and fired up about content creation and marketing yourself and your brand. Each week, you'll get marketing and mindset strategies, actionable tips, and the motivation you need to land more clients, nurture your leads, and position yourself as an expert in your industry. We also go behind the scenes with powerful women in business to discuss strategies, messaging, and more. My mission is to empower you to stop spinning your wheels and to make your mark with your marketing. Ready to wow your ideal client and create a community of raving fans? Let's dive into today's episode. Hi again, I'm Melanie Hirshhorn, digital content creator and marketing coach at VIP Digital Marketing Masters. Welcome back to another episode of VIP Access. This is a podcast for women entrepreneurs to get inspired and fired up about marketing their product and service-based businesses. We go behind the scenes with powerful women in business and learn about the importance of getting your brand's message out into the world. Whether you're just dipping your toe into entrepreneurship or you're already well on your way to world domination, this is the place to get strategies, actionable tips, and the motivation you need to get your messaging on point. Ready to get tips from the pros to help you attract your ideal clients and customers and position yourself as an expert in your industry? Let's dive into today's episode. Hi, and welcome back to VIP Access. I'm Melanie Hershorn. Today's guest is amazing, and I am so excited to talk with her. Her name is Kristen Molinar. She is an entrepreneur enthusiast who lives by the mantra, work less and make more. And and that's really no joke. She really does. She enjoys helping entrepreneurs ditch the vanity metrics for true connections. She's the CEO of Yes Boss, a digital agency that helps service-based business owners book podcast features so they can generate new leads in just one hour per week. Welcome, Kristen. I am so excited to have you here. Thanks for having me, Melanie. It is my pleasure. Okay. So I have had the benefit of when I was doing some market research for my figuring out my ideal client, I connected with you over LinkedIn and you were so gracious and we had a full conversation. I don't even remember how long we talked for, but it was a while. We did. And one of the things that you talked about that stuck out with me to this moment is that you said something along the lines of, when you started in business, it meant more to you to have your free time than it did to be working. And so if that meant you were going to hire somebody to do the work and you were going to only make half the money, it was better to make half the money than do all the work and make all the money. Yeah, I did say that. Yeah. I, say I was that. interested to see what stuck out in your mind of, of the things I said. <laughs> yes, because uh, I can just continue to hire people to make half the money and I can only do 
all the money work myself. Like that, there's a cap there. You know, there's only one of me. So yes, you're right. It's a simple math equation for me. <laughs> right. But so many entrepreneurs don't see it that way. They see it in a different way that they have to learn to do all the things and do all the things. And they they retain this tight control over everything that they do. And they're afraid to hire out. You know, yeah. nobody's going to do it as well as I do. Or worse, they they think I can't afford it, so I'm just going to do it all myself. So what yeah. do you say to that? Well, I like specifically the line, I can't afford it, because I started delegating when I was making $15 an hour as a virtual assistant. So if I could do it and figure out the strategy, and that's really, really where the strategy was born when I was making just $15 an hour as a virtual assistant. So what happened and what kind of led me there was I picked up my very first virtual assistant gig after kind of failing what I call failing in entrepreneurship. So trying to do a, you know, trying to sell myself as a coach and a consultant. So I picked up my first virtual assistant gig and I was tasked with writing a blog post for the nursing industry. And I realized sitting down, I was like, this sucks. Like, <laughs> I hate writing blogs. Yes, I could do it. Right. And I think that's what a lot of people think is like, their mentality is how do I get this done? And my thinking in that moment was, how can I still make money but not have to do this? <laughs> so I had this other like idea. And what I ended up doing is I hired somebody from the Midwest who was a college student and I paid her minimum wage in her state, which, you know, in the minimum in the Midwest at the time, it was like seven or eight dollars an hour. She got work, the client got what they wanted, and I started making money passively. And I don't think that people think about passive income in that those terms. They think about, you know, complicated funnels and ads and like throwing money into lots of, you know, complicated funnels. And for me, it was like, oh my gosh, I could work like, you know, quote unquote work 80 hours a week if I had two or three of these people working 30 to 40 hours a week and I can make money off of them doing the work and then I still would not add anything to my plate. So yeah, I started doing that really quickly. So I like to share that story to say, if you think you can't afford it, you just need to have a mindset shift. I think that the people that are saying that they can't afford it or that not that they're not ready or that they need to do all of the work themselves, you know, I'm going to be really bold and say like I think you need to reevaluate what entrepreneurship is. Did you get into entrepreneurship because you want to be an entrepreneur because you wanted to create a self-employed job for yourself? You know, I see so many people that call themselves entrepreneurs, but when you really dig into it, it's like you just have a job and yes, you have freedom and you can like take your laptop with you here and there in the other place, but your job may have paid you for time off and given you health benefits. But now your entrepreneur gig, yeah, you can take your laptop anywhere, but the moment you get sick, the moment COVID happens and you have to stop working so much to take care of your kids, your income runs dry. So we as entrepreneurs really need to be serious about becoming visionary leaders who put people and processes in place for us. We need to think of our business as a company, as an entity, and build up that thing and not just put a bunch of work on our plate. For me, there's a distinguishing factor that we need to talk about, right? Right. So that's basically saying you're the CEO of your company as opposed to you're busy working in the company. Yeah. But it's hard. It, it's hard, right? Because especially in the beginning, we feel like, you know, the company, it's like our reputation on the line and it's all this stuff. So I get it that it's hard, but the reality is like, this is 
just a mindset shift. And so we need to be investing our time and learning more about leadership and building companies and what that means and not continuing to learn about like the next latest marketing strategy and how to operate the latest piece of technology. Like when we invest too much of that time, that's when we start to feel like we have to do it ourselves. And so Mm -hmm. I purposefully remove myself from a lot of that stuff. You know, like we use a sauna. I don't know how to use a sauna. I mean, I probably could figure it out, but like, I just don't even go there. Right. We need to remove ourselves from some of that and see our business outside of ourselves. And just in case somebody doesn't know what Asana is, it's a platform that allows you and your team members to work together and to put basically like all the tasks in a company in one platform so that other people can know what's going on, basically. Yeah. Project management collaboration. That's yeah. And and I, I use Trello actually for myself oh. even. <laughs> Yeah. Same kind of thing. Absolutely. It is. Okay. So you've got your system in place. You're growing your business. And now let's talk about podcasting. Okay. And the importance of podcasting, because this is kind of your bread and butter at this point, right? Yeah. This is something that came about pretty organically for me, (laughs) which is kind of interesting to say. Sometimes I feel like the things that I really try to push just are like pushing a rock up a hill and the things that just kind of come is this like organic kind of free flowing thing. It's like, oh, whoa, I didn't realize that I now have to chase this rock down the hill. It's going so well. What happened is because I had put all these strategies in place for my virtual assistant agency. So I went from, you know, $15 an hour virtual assistant. I grew my team and really started owning the fact that we were a virtual assistant agency because I wasn't doing the client work. My team was doing the client work. And so what happened is I had discovered that entrepreneurship just really doesn't have to be as hard as we make it. Because like I said, whenever I tried and was like doing all the things that all the people were telling me how to do, it was painful. And then when I was trying to do things as simple as possible and getting out of as much as possible, it actually was a lot easier. I felt I needed to just get out there and talk to entrepreneurs about how we can eradicate stress in our lives. Oh, yeah. I have a mission to eradicate entrepreneurial stress talked to my team and told them, you know, I think that I should go on podcasts. And for me, it was like the first step of you want to speak in front of people. Podcasting feels a little less intimidating than pitching yourself to speak on stage, whatever. Six months go by. I hadn't pitched myself for a single podcast because (laughs) I got up in my head about it. Every Mm -hmm. time I would find a podcast that I wanted to be featured on, you know, the negative self-talk told me that the person would have no idea who I was. You know, they would look at my Instagram and see that I had no following. They were bigger than I was. All this like negative stuff that we deal with. And the imposter syndrome, which is a real thing. It is. It is. And I feel like at every stage, we still deal with it. Because I told myself like, once I get to this, I won't have that anymore. Once I get to that, I won't have it anymore. And so the power of having a team was demonstrated for me once again. My team said to me, you know, hey, Kristen, you've been talking about podcasting for a while now. How about you let just let us do it? Like wow. <laughs> you're not doing it. Just let us do it. So my team started doing it and the podcast interviews just started popping like crazy. Wow. And so I showed up with a genuine interest in just talking about what I know. This wasn't actually a marketing strategy for me. It was just a, let me just get out there and start talking about things. What I noticed though, is that because I came into conversations with that mentality, that became the thing that grew our business to the next level. Okay. Explain that. Tell me, tell me how that works. Yeah. 
<laughs> I was able to then look back at about 20 interviews that I did and just like distill what was successful about that. Why did that generate revenue and, and even gener- generate revenue when COVID happened and things were really uncertain. And a few things came to light for me. And the biggest one was that being a podcast guest is like networking on steroids. This is a connection thing more than it is a marketing or a PR thing. So getting on podcasts is like you and I, Melanie, like we're sitting in a room, we're chatting, you're asking me to tell you about why I'm brilliant. I mean, let's just be real. You're like, tell me how, why are you brilliant in that area? So I get to authentically show up and talk about the things that I do and showcase to you and to the people listening that that I know what I'm talking about, but in a way that doesn't feel icky because I'm just answering questions. And so the connection between the guest and the podcast host, there becomes this connection that happens because we're able to highlight what we do and what we're good at in a way that you wouldn't be able to in a natural conversation. And what I found then is I would get off a podcast interview and then I would have these great discussions with the podcast host after the podcast. I'd be like, so how can I provide value to your business? And we would chit chat about the thing. And what happened is the podcast host was hiring me and they were sending referrals to me. It wasn't actually so much the audience. The audience needed a little bit more nurturing. They listened to the episode. You know, they were just kind of getting their feet wet. Maybe they were more interested in DIY. That's why they were absorbing the content. But the host, that relationship became the profitable relationship. So it really kind of flipped for me everything on its head about what I would have assumed would have been the reason, you know, I would have looked at, you know, marketing says get in front of the audience that is that, you know, that has been attracted. That's your target audience. I would have thought about the audience. um, And I would have thought about it as like a, a PR play. And it hasn't been, it's been a more natural, organic networking relationship connection strategy that has worked really well. And for me, just feels so in alignment with what I would do anyways. Like you and I talked, didn't have Mm -hmm. a, didn't record it. We just had a good, nice conversation. I do that anyways. Like why not record the conversation and have it be something that actually grows your business? And I have to tell you though, networking is part of marketing. It's all under this beautiful umbrella of marketing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If you think it's not, it is. I feel like not very many people or not enough people are talking about that. Everybody's like removing this piece, which is so odd to me. You know, where did the connection go? There needs to be more of a focus on that, in my opinion. Absolutely. I have another podcast. I just recently did an interview with a networking expert and we talk all about ways to do networking. I love it. It's such an important part. I mean, you were saying at the beginning about how, you know, people are trying to get you to do the next cool marketing thing. And I do believe that if you cannot hire out at that particular time, that you do need to know how to do it only because you don't want to be in the situation where you hire out and you hire out the wrong person. Yes. Yeah. And I don't know if that's ever happened to you. And I hope it has not, but that has happened to me. Mm. Where I put my trust and my faith and a whole lot of money on someone who promised me a certain thing. And not only did I not get what I had been promised, but I was put down 
and made Hmm. to feel less than. Oh, that's rough. I've thrown money into a passive income funnel. Like I say, I said recently on LinkedIn, like I was tricked by the gurus again to the tune of $4,000 this time, which is very true. I, I sunk $4,000 into getting some ads going, Facebook ads going and a, and a funnel and all this stuff. And it resulted in 3000 people on an email list. So like, if you look at that, and if I were to talk about that, you'd think like, dang, Kristen, that's not bad. Well, the conversions were awful. I attracted this right. cold audience who didn't know me had come by way of a, uh, you know, Facebook ad. When I mm-hmm. then started trying to nurture them and communicate with them, you could just continue to feel that coldness from them. Right. And, and that's the thing. That's why an email list of 15 really great ideal clients is way better than that list of 3000 cold People. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Can we tell 100%. more people that? Like I say every this day? regularly. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. that's so true. And that's why I love how you are going about growing your business because what you're doing is you're making those connections. You're growing your relationship capital. Yep. You know, you and I met because you did me a favor right? You knew that I needed to do some market research. You did not know me, but you were gracious enough to give me your time. And so now you and I have this great rapport and I'm so happy to bring you on this podcast because you have so much great stuff to offer. And it's exactly like you said, that when you go on there and you meet the host and you, you know, you have to nurture the audience a little bit more, but when you meet those hosts, that's right. You want to make sure that when you are a guest on a podcast, you create a relationship with the host, right? Yeah. And yeah. I don't think people think about that very much. I think they're so focused on, well, who's their audience? Are they going to want to hire me right away? And I think that that's the disconnect. So often we're like, we meet somebody and we're like, I need them to hire me right now. Yeah. I'd, I want to speak to that need to hire me right now. So my take is that you don't want them to hire you right now. Okay. Here's, here's the reasoning. And I'm not saying that hiring you right now is, is bad, but let me just give this example. It's another like math thing for me. I went to an online conference and I connected with somebody who needed what I offered. She ultimately ended up hiring somebody else to like do the work for her. Right. But what happened is I continued to nurture the relationship. Like I really just liked this girl. Really, really I still do. I really just like this girl. So I just stayed in contact. It's like, it's good to have more people that do what I do. Like, I mean, another thing for me is not feeling lonely in this entrepreneur journey and just surrounding myself with other people that are doing similar things. And it was then that I realized this. She has referred like, I don't know, anywhere between, we're probably like six to eight people she's referred to me. And so anytime that she meets somebody that she knows needs what I offer, she refers them to me. And so if you think about it from a math perspective, she could have hired me and that would have been one new client. Instead, I have a new friend that's in this space that also invites me to come speak to her like group coaching program every single year. I come back and speak. So it's like this collaborative partnership that I've formed and she sends clients to me. So it's like 10 times the value had you know, versus if she had hired me. And so I don't think that people think about that. Like they're just so focused on always close the sale, like right now, close the sale. And I, what I want to say is like, just connect with people. And if you know what you do and you continue to connect with people, what's going to happen is your business will build. You just got to be a little bit more patient. But what happens is then things start building and you're like, holy cow, like I didn't just get one client. I just got like a ton of clients. 
So we've got to consider, you know, we're finding the value in a connection. Is it that we're always trying to make that sale or do we really truly value adding another people to, or another person to our circle? So what kinds of clients do you work with? You have people who need virtual assistance, obviously. And what about people who want to be on podcasts? So we no longer take any clients that want the virtual assistant, um, virtual assistant services that I definitely, that is our background. And we came up through there, but we, we discovered the podcast outreach because of our work as virtual assistants. The reason that I pivoted away, there's a couple reasons. One, I wanted to productize what we offer. Um, There's a lot of bandwidth issues that come with doing a lot of things for people. And so then hiring on my end, on the back end becomes like, I only want this many clients because... You know, I want to make sure that when we bring on a new client, we can serve them really well. I also wanted to be able to make a promise about some kind of value that we could bring to the table that was like tangible value. So I love working with service-based business owners because that's my background and I totally understand it. We also have a few coaches and consultants, but we help people... We, we're a done for you service. So we actually get our clients on podcasts so that they can be the guest that gets featured. And my messaging is all about, you know, we are helping you get connected with people that you need to be connected to on the back end, be prepared to really foster these relationships. But this is a play to just expand your networking circles. Absolutely. Which all goes to the relationship capital. And it's really about who you know, and not what you know. Yes, yes. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. But there's such so much focus on like what you know. But that's a that's an employee mindset. That's I love that's that you where, said that. That's where you bring value as an employee is knowing the next thing. That's not where you bring value as a leader. I love that. Thank you. So where can people find you and find all about Yes Boss? Yeah. So you can check out our website, yesbossva.com. I hang out only on LinkedIn. I have officially completely removed myself from every single other platform. I just hang out there. Cool thing about the unique spelling of my last name is that there's nobody else with it on LinkedIn. So when you type my name in, I'm literally the only person that shows up. So that's kind of cool. I have my husband to thank for that. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. You know, I I jokingly said to uh, my friends when I started this podcast, I said in, in my email, type in Hershorn. It's the only one you're going to find in all of Apple podcasts because I'm the only one. (laughs) There's the benefit finally of having a complicated last name, right? Right. Totally. Totally. (laughs) Kristen, thank you so much for joining me today. This was so fantastic. And I learned so much. So glad to do it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of VIP access. We can't let the fun end here. Please join our private Facebook group at vipdigital.live slash community, where you'll get live trainings and other great tips all about digital marketing. And if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, head over to iTunes and leave me a rating and a review. This tells iTunes that you found the show helpful, and they'll share it with more women entrepreneurs like you. As reviews come in, I'll be reading them on the podcast, and you will get a shout out. Have an amazing day, friend. And remember, your message matters. You've written a book? Now what? 
If you're ready to implement a simple content marketing strategy to create buzz around your book and your brand, schedule your free sparkles and strategy call with me, Melanie Hirshhorn, at contentstrategycall.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of VIP Access. We can't let the fun end here. To find out how engaging your content is, take the content quiz at mycontentquiz.com. Plus, you're invited to join our private Facebook group at vipdigital.live slash community, where you'll get live trainings and other great tips all about digital marketing. And if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, head over to iTunes and leave me a rating and review. This tells iTunes that you found the show helpful and they'll share it with more women business owners just like you. Thank you so much for listening.